Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey Alarmy, before we get started, we wanted to make sure you heard the big news. The Alarmist has joined Patreon. Patreon subscribers will get access to our content ad-free, as well as our aftermath post-interview discussion and final verdict. We'll also be putting out additional bonus episodes and other fun stuff. Here's a preview of Guest Alarmist, where I step aside and let a guest walk us through a personal tragedy, and together the Alarmist crew figures out who's to blame. This month, producer Amanda Lund discusses the 2020 pot pie disaster. I am so honored to be sitting <laughs> in the Alarmist's throne mm-hmm. right now. It suits you. How does it feel? I mean, I'm not going to want to get out. You're going to have to have Uh-oh. security come and and get me out of here because I might just start popping up on all the episodes. Well, there's I mean, there's a time limit. You have a 45 minute time limit on this throne. So really? Yeah. So it's really up to you what you make. Of yeah. It. Then you pop out like in it, there's like a spring loaded mechanism mm-hmm. that shoots you up into the air. Yeah, We took head, uh, precautions. Your head goes through the, the ceiling. It goes through the roof. But don't worry. There's a trampoline to catch you on the other side. Oh, because my safety God. First. Safety yeah. first. What do you think? What do you think we've been spending all the money in the budget since you've left the show on? This is what you're using your Patreon funds for? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Go to patreon.com slash the alarmist and subscribe today. Now on to our episode. I was born with a special gift. The ability to mentally transform any situation into the worst case scenario in my own brain. brain. My therapist calls my gift catastrophizing. 
And that's why I'm uniquely qualified to scrutinize and analyze history's greatest disasters and find out who's to blame. They say history repeats itself. Not on my watch. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith, and I am The Alarmist. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to The Alarmist, a comedy podcast where we talk about history's greatest tragedies and figure out who's to blame. Today we're discussing the imprisonment of Nelson Mandela. Here's what you need to know. Nelson Mandela is one of the most iconic political figures of the 20th century. He was born Roli Klafla Mandela in 1918. At the time, South Africa was a British colony, and its people were deeply divided. The country had a white minority government that ruled over the majority black population. Mandela was Thembu, a part of the larger Kosa people who were one of the largest of nine indigenous groups recognized by the South African government. They, along with other indigenous tribes, technically had their own system of government, but it was being eroded by British rule. And even though Mandela was Thembu royalty, black citizens of South Africa had limited rights and were subjected to discrimination and violence. Mandela went to boarding school, where he received a Western education and where one of his teachers would give him the name Nelson, which he would use for the rest of his life. At the time, it was customary for school children to receive a Christian name. Mandela went on to study at University College at Fort Hare and University of Witwatersrand in Johannesburg. While there, he became politically active and was exposed to a variety of black rights organizations, the most significant being the African National Congress, or the ANC, whose purpose was to defend voting and land rights for black Africans. The organization would bring out Mandela's life mission, to overturn injustices for people based on race. The racial divisions that existed in South Africa were codified in 1948 with apartheid laws. The laws categorized citizens by their race and sought to prevent the mixing of races through the Population Registration Act, Prohibition of Mixed Marriages Act, and the Immorality Amendment Act, which made it illegal for most South African citizens to marry or pursue sexual relationships across racial lines. Apartheid sparked opposition, and Mandela quickly became a leading figure in the anti-apartheid movement. He traveled the country and organized resistance rallies, strikes, and demonstrations against discriminatory legislation. He was arrested and convicted many times, and as a result, was declared a, quote, banned individual, making it illegal for him to attend large gatherings and speak to more than two people at a time. One of his first notable arrests happened on December 2, 1952 where Mandela was charged with 19 others for violating the Suppression of Communism Act. This was a broad law that classified basically any political act not aligned with the ruling party as communism. But once he received this label, it would be hard for him to shake it off. In December 1959, he was arrested again and tried for treason along with 155 other activists. The trial dragged on for over four years, and in March 1961, they were acquitted. During an incident at Sharpville in 1960, the police opened fire and killed many unarmed and peaceful protesters and arrested many of the demonstrators. 
This event caused widespread panic and rioting, which led the apartheid regime of the government to ban the ANC. However, they continued to meet in secret. While originally the defiance of apartheid was peaceful, Mandela began to see that violence from the government was unavoidable, and he helped to organize a military branch of the ANC. Shortly after the Sharpeville massacre, Mandela went underground, hiding from authorities for 17 months. His arrest in August of 1962 officially ended his time as a fugitive. On November 7, 1962, he was sentenced to five years in prison. However, documents retrieved from his time at Lily's Leaf linked him to the ANC newly armed military sanction. And this meant that the government could officially make Mandela their focus of the Rivonia trial, which targeted militant members of the ANC. The trial began on October 9, 1963. Mandela represented himself and delivered one of his most highly regarded speeches during the trial on April 20, 1964. I have fought against white domination. I have fought against white domination and I have fought against black domination. I have cherished the ideal of democratic and free society in which all persons live together in harmony and with equal opportunities. It is an ideal which I hope to live for and to achieve. If it needs be, it is an ideal for which I am prepared to die. But if needs be, it is an ideal for which I am prepared to die. The defendants admitted their guilt and reinforced their desire for the oppression against black South Africans to cease. However, the judge was not swayed, and on June 12, 1964, Mandela and seven others were sentenced to life imprisonment. In 1982, he was transferred to maximum security Polesmore Prison and stayed there until he was treated for tuberculosis in 1988. Mandela was then sent to Victor Verster Prison, Many times in his imprisonment, Mandela received conditional offers of release for himself and other inmates as a clear political tool for the government. One of these offers was that he recognize the independent status of Transki Bantistan and agree to live there and to publicly renounce violence. He declined all of the conditional offers and replied to the request for nonviolence by stating, quote, only free men are able to engage in such negotiations. He stated that as a prisoner, he was not a free man. Mandela reinforced that he did not only want freedom for himself, but for all black South Africans. His day of freedom came on February 11, 1990, when South African President Frederick Willem de Klerk ordered the release of Nelson Mandela. Mandela, the most famous political prisoner in the world at the time, was finally released from prison at 71 years old. Fun Facts, a.k.a. Death Stats In 1952, Mandela and his friend Oliver Tambo opened South Africa's first black law firm. Mandela spent a total of 27 years in prison. On March 21, 1960, South African police opened fire in a crowd and killed 69 people in what would officially be known as the Sharpeville Massacre. 18 days later, the ANC was banned. In 1993, South Africa adopted an interim constitution which allowed for the country's first democratic election to take place in 1994. 
Nelson Mandela became South Africa's first democratically elected president. The Nobel Peace Prize was awarded to Nelson Mandela and President F.W. de Klerk in 1993. Nelson Mandela ended his run in politics in 1999, but remained a global advocate for peace and social justice until his death. With us today, we have producer Clayton Early. Hello. Fact checker Chris Smith. Hi. And our very special guest today is Jamila Webb. Jamila is an actor, producer, and she's also the creator of First 15, which is an organization that brings people of color actors and writers together. Hi, Jamila. Hey, I'm so happy to be here. So excited. <laughs> We're so happy to be here with you. <laughs> Could you tell our listeners uh, a little bit about First 15? Oh, of course. So look, when I moved here to Los Angeles, I just could not believe the lack of community that I, I just couldn't find. I, I felt that in New York and I just knew so many dope and talented writers and actors, but they didn't know each other. They weren't meeting regularly. So I said, you know what? I want to create a space for black and brown people, BIPOC writers and actors to tell our stories. So First 15 is a creatively daring vehicle for BIPOC writers and actors to tell BIPOC stories in a, a socially safe environment where artists, are they grow through industry specific feedback. So if you are interested, guess what? You can submit your first 15 pages after the strike, everyone, after the strike. Mm. Oh, I yes. see. So that you yes. can actually submit the first 15 pages of something you've written. Yes. Pilot, short, screenplay. Yes. And then That's awesome. we will cast it with professional actors and then you'll get feedback from mm. working writers. Okay. I That's love so that. Lovely. That's so, so cool. Because, you know, yeah. we have a short attention span. So, right. Those yeah. the beginning pages aren't popping. It should be first 15 seconds. Exactly. <laughs> really, really. But, you know, I, I, I need, need it a little, a little longer. Yes. Two more yeah. Pages. What is the uh, handle? Yeah. yeah. What is the it's, Instagram handle? Instagram and Twitter at first 15 LA. All spelled out at Great. first 15 LA. Okay. And we'll put a link to that in the show notes. Now, Jamila, we like to start off the show by asking our guests, what is something that's recently alarming you? What's something that's keeping you up at night? Oh, you know, you all, I have been having nightmares that there is a deep fake video of me around the Internet. Oh, no. Me doing something I had I never oh, done no. before. You know, so I don't I am I'm concerned about these deep fake videos and AI and as an actor, you know, with yeah. our negotiations going on, just yes. the what could happen and the misinformation that can get out there. So that is scaring me. That is keeping me up. Oh, my God, Jamila, I had not thought of that until now. Like, I had not. I mean, yeah. I, I've been thinking about AI and yes. all, all of the problems that come with AI. Yes. But I hadn't thought about me mm -hmm. actually being in a deep fake video. Doing things I didn't know I could do because I'm right. not really doing right. them. Okay. Let, well, let's be honest. Nobody's making a deep fake of people putting library books away. Exactly. You know that, right. You know what I mean? I mean, I wish they were. Right. I w you know. Yes. Oh, and you how to do math. Oh, yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Spread that um, that rumor, please. <laughs> every time you walk out your door, you're putting yourself in danger, and now every time you go online in your house, you're in danger. So 
it's coming inside the house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the monster's coming the monster's from within. The, the monster is inside the house. Oh, oh, my God. That is a very scary alarm, I must say. My heart is pounding. My my uh, Apple Watch is saying what, 120 heart rate. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, the heartbeat, yeah. Like well, maybe out. you can put that Beyonce, ring the alarm, you know, after every time we hear <laughs> That little. That's a good, oh, okay. yeah, we should yeah. incorporate that. <laughs> oh. Now, we have to transition uh, into talking about Nelson Mandela, South Africa, apartheid. I mean, mm. Jamila, when you when you hopped on uh, the Zoom, you, you, you mentioned that the anti-apartheid movement was pretty much part of your childhood. Yes, I... We marched in protest a lot. I am from St. Louis, Missouri. Shout mm-hmm. out to my parents. And I want to get to the bottom of this question mm-hmm. because my childhood self just wanted Coca-Cola. But mm. we were boycotting all these companies. And so because, oh. you know, there was pressure to divest right. in South Africa and there were certain co- corporations who, who they were like, no, we're going to make this money. We don't care. So oh. I... My childhood self, we boycotted a lot of things. Oh my goodness! And I just, I just wanted a sprite. Mm. I just wanted to drink a sprite. Without, right, that's without. what you should be focusing on as a child, no. not like people being jailed. You yeah. should just be focused yes. on sprite. Yes, yes, and I, I, you know, grew up singing and learning the South African. We consider it the South African national anthem. In that's Kosesiki so cool. Yes, yeah, so. Is your family originally from South Africa? No. Okay. From St. Louis by way of Mississippi and Arkansas. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> so they took up that cause because yes, and, and, I and, love at the it. time and, and protested against uh, apartheid. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. And so did you sort of, did you, did your curiosity get sparked or did you feel like, oh, this guy Nelson Mandela is like preventing me from drinking Coke and Sprite? No, no, no. I was definitely, he was definitely, <laughs> no, I wasn't mad at Nelson Mandela. <laughs> I, was, I was mad at, you know, South the, the South African government. Yes. Right? Yes. Like, no, of course, <laughs> rightfully so. Of I, I, was, course. I was wise, Good. I was young, but I was still, I had a little, a little help with my parents, you know. And, uh, but I just knew that, when he was freed, it was actually interesting. It was the same weekend that there was a big Mike Tyson fight. Hmm. And oh. so when I came back to school, everybody was like, did you see the fight? Did you see the fight? Mike Tyson got knocked out. And I was like, Nelson Mandela is free, y'all. Right. <laughs> right. Like, 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 like did you see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, and it was broadcast. Like, you know, it was all over the yes. world. So I was happy because he was such a symbol and that movement was Mm. so profound as as a child, you know? And so it, yeah, it, it, it's like a warm place in my heart. Yes. But I also wish what it never happened. Oh, of course. Big time. Well, we're going to try and get to the bottom of how it happened. Well, let's start putting people up on the board. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I feel like we can start by putting the national party up on the board and JBM Herzog. So Herzog formed the National Party in 1914 and served as prime minister from 1924 to 1933. The National Party was born out of the Afrikaner 
nationalism movement, which was a political and cultural movement associated with the Dutch settlers who I, whose identity was rooted in the Great Trek and the First and Second Boer Wars. So we're, we're, we're going back into this. We're going to get deep into the history a little bit. Okay. This you is a way back. Yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> well, I mean, we only have like have under yeah. an hour, but right. yeah, yeah, yeah. But we got to go back. Um, this is from according to uh, this is according to Britannica. His political principles, as first stated in his speeches in 1912, were South Africa first, even before the British Empire and the two streams policy under which e each part of the white South African nation, uh, the British and the Afrikaner, which were the Dutch, uh, would be free from domination by the other. This is from South Africa History Online. The Herzog government curtailed the electoral power of non-whites and furthered the system of allocating, quote, reserved areas for blacks as their permanent homes while regulating their movements in the remainder of the country. Novelist Alan Patton made the comment about Afrikaner nationalism it is one of the deep mysteries of Afrikaner nationalist psychology that the nationalists can observe the highest standards towards his own kind, but can observe an entirely different standard towards others, and more especially if they are non-white. Hmm. So this is going back deep into the history of the the formation of the National Party, which which would later sort of birth and sort of codify yes the apartheid laws so i think this is something that is important to understand when learning about apartheid which is that there it was a particular time where the laws were in place but the the groundwork was laid for right. hundreds of years right beforehand right 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 exactly um, yeah so it, yeah. it was i mean one can even say when you know the British decided to leave right. the sail seas and decide, you know what, this land down south looks glorious and right. I think we want to take a stake in it and, oh, natives, you go away. Uh, we want we want the land and we want the resources. Yes. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't sound like there was balance involved. Mm, no. <laughs> no. Fairness. No. no they were just going to kind of go down and sort of just take it, take whatever they wanted. So we could put British imperialism on the board. Just throw that up there. Oh, Definitely. big time. Let's do it. I mean, let's go back as far as uh, uh, the, the let's put the British and Dutch colonizers up on the board. Okay. We could also put colonization yeah. itself. Yes. We can also put slavery yes. up on the board. So this is all encompassing this. This is from history.com. The system was rooted in the country's history of colonization and slavery. White settlers had historically viewed black South Africans as a natural resource to be used to turn the country from a rural society to an industrialized one. Starting in the 17th century, the uh, Dutch settlers relied on slaves to build up South Africa. Around the time the sla that uh, slavery was abolished in the country in 1863, gold and diamonds were discovered in South Africa. Oh boy, I have uh -oh. a bad feeling about what's <laughs> this. Isn't, this is not helping. <laughs> okay, 
That discovery represented a lucrative opportunity for white-owned mining companies that employed and exploited black workers. Those companies all but enslaved black miners while enjoying massive wealth from the diamonds and gold they mined. Like Dutch slaveholders, they relied on intimidation and discrimination to rule over their black workers. The mining companies borrowed a tactic that earlier slaveholders and British settlers had used to control black workers, pass laws. As early as the 18th century, these laws had required members of the black majority. Remember, black majority. We're t- <laughs> this is a side note. We're talking 80% of the population. Of the, po- of the population. Yeah, yeah. yeah and other people of color to carry identification papers at all times and restricted their movement in certain areas. They were also used to control black settlement, forcing black people to reside in places where their labor would benefit white settlers. Those laws persisted through the 20th century as South Africa became a self-governing dominion of the United Kingdom. Between 1899 and 1902, Britain and the Dutch descendant uh, descendant Afrikaners fought one another in the Boer War, a conflict that the, that the Afrikaners eventually lost. Anti-British settlement continued to foment among white South Africans and Afrikaner nationalists developed an identity rooted in white supremacy. When they took control in 1948, they made the country's already discriminatory, discriminatory laws even more draconian. Hmm. Yeah, oh, okay. I know. You know I mean, you talk about history repeating itself, right? Of of like, yeah. of of people who are not from this land <laughs> coming there, saying this is mine, mm-hmm. and the people who have been here for centuries mm-hmm. that you now have a, a lower a status. You now can you have can only live certain places. You can only have certain jobs. You have no protections and we're going to reap all the benefits. We're going to reap all the money and we're going to stay in power and keep you in servitude. Mm-hmm. The gall, like just imagine doing, showing up to Delusional. somebody's I mean, it's like, my goodness. house doing that. It's really amazing too, because I mean, when you go back to the population difference, it's like the, mm-hmm. the level of intimidation, the, like the psychological kind of like things that you're doing to people to keep them from uniting because they easily could unite and be like, Hey, wait a minute. Right. But it's like, there's so much like fear mongering and intimidation yeah. and brutality that like, it's scary to even think about rebelling against that. Cause it seems so mighty, but it's really just a bunch of like, like a handful of small, like entitled people who are trying to create chaos so that they can mm-hmm. stay in power. Right. And, you know, that becomes sort of later with the laws, I think, uh, something that I kept coming across in the research that I did for this was there was a fear, obviously, mm-hmm. the, the, the deep rooted fear of losing the control because yeah. of the simple fact that they were to- they were completely outnumbered. Mm-hmm. And so I think when we start to get into um, the apartheid laws, we can t- talk about that, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So before we even go back, because there are other people that I want to put up on the board that were part of the uh, National Party. Okay. But before that, we we just have to throw racism up on the board. Yeah, let's just leave that in there. Yeah, we're there. We're circling (laughs) it. Noticing the pattern here. (laughs) Slap it on the board. I don't know. Should have been first? Uh, I don't know. Probably. (laughs) But okay, here we are. Um, This is from history.com. 
Racist fears and attitudes about natives prevailed in white society. Though apartheid was supposedly designed to allow different races to develop on their own, it forced black South Africans into poverty and hopelessness. Grand apartheid laws focused on keeping black people in their own designated homelands, quote, homelands, and petty apartheid laws focused on daily life restrictions, almost every facet of black life in South Africa. Past laws and apartheid policies prohibited black people from entering urban areas without immediately finding a job. It was illegal for the for a black person not to carry a passbook. Black people could not marry white people. They could not set up business in white areas. Everywhere from hospitals to beaches were segregated. Education was restricted. And throughout the 1950s, the National Party passed law after law regulating the movement and lives of black people. Do you all have the, vo- the vomit emoji? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the sound equivalent? That's just an old fashioned right. puke sound. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the I, I mean it, it goes back to what we were talking about clay that you brought brought up too it's it's the the fear so th- this is all fear yes. right not only are they imposing this fear on the on the the masses right mm-hmm. but it's all because they're afraid as well mm-hmm. well and it's not even it's like fear of not just losing place, but losing capital, right? Like they're all there because of the resources, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like a mix of like wanting to be in charge so they're not brutalized because that's they they feel like other people are capable because that's what they're doing, but also wanting to be in charge that they can continue to have the money and the wealth and that status and not wanting to share that with yeah. the people who like were there before they even arrived. It's their country that they took the resources right. from. <laughs> It's, it's very it's very bold, you know, because I, I think I mean, there's a great book, uh, a, a waste of white skin mm. and it, it, it seeing um, how a lot of these actions and, you know, colonialism is like where there's this threat and, and then whiteness is seen as misery and then wanting to go out and say, this land is mine, and I want the, all of the Reese's and the people who have been here, you all don't matter, and you mm-hmm. all have to live in subjugation, and you have to no longer have any of the opportunities that you used to have, <laughs> because we have now created it out of fear. Right. right now, I'm not thinking that everyone actually could just coexist, and everyone could maybe have right. jobs and live where they wanted to live <laughs> and vote, you know, but <laughs> no. vote period no, no, no. Yeah. it's all it all boils down to f- fearing that they're going to lose what they know wasn't theirs to begin with <laughs> right right i i also feel like within that um like all this mix is uh the concept of white supremacy right like feeling oh, yeah. like they like that race they are more entitled or somehow better deserving of these resources mm-hmm. right and that's in but that idea of being supreme is really out of fear because it's oh, not yeah. <laughs> really not it doesn't exist right you know it, it's a contrived um mm-hmm. social construct that yes is, this is supreme but it's like no you're, you're doing this because you fear that you are not going to have access to this 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 land these resources you know these jobs this power so let's right. say we're we're the best and everyone should aspire to to whiteness. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, totally invented out of thin air as a way to justify <laughs> um, these horrible atrocities. It's it's like you know, obviously, the foundation of America as well. When we talk about when we talk about manifest destiny and just going out west and just basically, we deserve this. We just think we do right. for no other reason than we think we do. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's 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 fast forward a little bit to get to the sort of very yes. specific modern version yeah, of racism yeah. that okay. Mandela kind of fought against. Well, and also let's put some other individuals up on the board. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this is, let's put DF Malin up on the board. Uh, they served as prime Min- uh, minister of South Africa from 1948 to 1954 to get the votes. He courted more extremist views on race. So he's doubling down. He's going even further. According to South Africa uh, History Online, the national party that came to power in 1948 was two parties rolled into one. The one was a party of white supremacy that introduced apartheid, promising the uh, the electorate it would secure the political future of whites. The other, a nationalist party that sought to mobilize the Afrikaner community by appealing to Afrikaans culture. Immediately after the 1948 election, the government began removing the remaining symbols of the historic British ascendancy and began institutionalizing their policies of segregation. Malin believed that Africans threatened the prosperity and purity of the Afrikaner culture. The South African prime minister based his policy on a system which became known as apartheid by institutionalizing the already existing segregation policies. These segregation policies arose from a history of settler rule and Mm -hmm. Dutch and British colonialism, which we know we talked about, which became policies of separating after African uh, South Africa gained self-governance as a dominion within the British Empire. It represented an oppressive system of laws and regulations that kept Africans inferior to whites. The government separated and divided the races by instituting segregated schools, buses, and work reservation. Other discriminatory regulations were imposed, such as the Mixed Marriages Act of 1949, the Population Restriction Act of 1950, and other racial classifications. The most notable law that the Malin government passed was the Registration Act, which allowed the government to classify every individual by race. So he was front and center to most of the laws that were passed during mm-hmm. apartheid. Mm-hmm. DW. DW. DF. 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 Okay, DF. Mm-hmm. Not DTF. Not DTF. Mm-hmm. Okay. WTF. It, it should be WTF. Yeah, correct. WTF. Yeah. WDF is what it should be. Right. <laughs> uh, um, so he's got to go up there. Super bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a real villain. Devil yeah, yeah. fangs. That's what mm-hmm. it stood for. DS. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we got there. Thank yes, God. <laughs> um, let's also put Hendrik uh, Verward up on the board. Yes. So are you familiar with uh, Verward? No, I was just like, that's how you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I was like, I've seen that name, but that's how you pronounce it. Well, I don't. <laughs> so, Verward is, uh, he's often called the father of apartheid. He was the Minister of Native Affairs from 1950 to 58, and the Prime Minister from 58 to 66. So, he took over. Uh, After Malin. Double Fangs. We took (laughs) over double fangs. Um, His tenure saw numerous laws that codified and enforced apartheid. This is from Smithsonian. uh, Verward's 
notoriety began with one particular piece of legislation, the Bantu Education Act, passed in 1953. Like Jim Crow laws in the United States, the act preserved the privileges of white South Africans at the expense of people of color. It forced millions of black South Africans, who the apartheid government referred to as Bantu to attend separate and decidedly unequal schools. Mm. The Bantu must be guided to serve his own community in all respects, Verwood said in June of 1954. There is no place for him in the European community above the level of certain forms of labor. Within his own community, however, all doors are open. Oh, yuck. That's gross. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Stay in your place and you can do whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. So many opportunities available. Right. To you. Just do yes. exactly what we say. And, right. don't. Ew. and and just you can only perform certain forms of labor. Right. Exactly. Yes. For us, labor for us that they, that enriches exactly. us. Exactly. Yes. And that makes Let's us be clear about what the labor you is. Will stay <laughs> poor. Servitude. Yes. And and while we're talking about labor, maybe it maybe you know Clayton loves to blame capitalism, as we all know. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe we should just put that up on the board if it isn't already there. It's not, but I will happily (laughs) add it. Um, Because, you know, the economics are obviously a huge, huge factor and controlling and enslaving people or indentured servitude, which is what happened sort of after slavery was a huge part of what was incentivizing. I think the big C is to blame for many things. So Mm. (laughs) that's how we all (laughs) got here. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Me too. You you know, um, it's, it's... It's interesting, you know, this is all happening at the same time as the Jim Crow laws in the United States. Mm-hmm. Was this idea, right? The U.S. of this exceptionalism is like, well, guess what? Everything is getting exported. The ideas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so, yep. yes, you have Jim Crow. You have, you know, whites only, you know, no colors allowed. Yeah. lynchings, All of these things. Uh, and then it's also happening globally. Yeah. yeah. That's it. I wonder how do we like, cause I really like that idea of um, like a, you know, like a global, like kind of like Jamila said, like, you know, it's setting examples, right? Mm-hmm. Like other governments, oftentimes we do, we still that do that. We like someone does some experimental thing and the other countries will be like, well, let's wait and see what happens over there. And if that works, we'll like copy it or try and do it better. It, yeah. It's, it's exporting ideas. We forget. Exporting that not hate. Only, that not yes. Yes. Copycat exporting racism. Hate is pretty good exporting yeah. hate is pretty good because i mean we were just doing this we were setting the 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 playbook we were writing the playbook mm-hmm. in a lot of ways mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. now and i feel like at least in schools when when i was going to school the education system is way more open to discussing apartheid than they oh, are yes. to discussing oh my Jim God, Crow yes. laws. Yes, yes, yes. This terrible thing that they're doing over there in South right. Africa, but not, isn't it so lucky to live here. Not yeah, happening then, here. Uh-huh. And then <laughs> later on, you you learn about, uh, you know, Jim Crow laws and you're like, wait oh, a minute. Well, you learned how to do that by looking at mm-hmm. what was happening in this country. Ah. You so know? maybe we do exporting slash importing hate because it seems like there's a lot of sharing of these ideas. Oh, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like it's not just. Mm. I don't you, know. You, it wouldn't have, well, it's it, not you, happening in this you know vacuum. It's not like right. it's, yes, it's not isolated, right? It's it's mm-hmm. how imperialism and colonialism happens. Is it gets spread out, and there are there are conventions and there are talks and discussions about how to keep 
people in power how to stay in power. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And how do they do that? Right. How, how, what is the wording I'm, I'm leading us to <laughs> right. of the, this communism label that at the time was mm-hmm. conveniently oh, yes. used to export or just, you know, do hateful things. Right. You, you're saying like they were using the, the, the threat of communism to like rally up the fear in people to justify yes. these terrible. Right. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Laws. So, and this is where it all kind of, we circle back into Mandela. Should and I put fear of communism on the board? Sure. And the communism label, oh, I was okay. going to call it, but, oh. but it could be fear of communism. Communism. Let's see. Because Mandela is arrested under the Suppression of Communism Act. And this is from uh, essayhistory.org. The Suppression of Communism Act banned the South African Communist Party and gave the government the power to ban publications that promoted the objectives of communism and the power to name people who could be barred from holding office, practicing as lawyers, or attending meetings. The act, later extended through the Internal Security Act, sanctioned the banning slash punishment of any group or individual intending to bring about any political, industrial, social, or economic change in the union Mm. by the promotion of disturbances or disorder, by unlawful acts or omissions, or by the threat of such acts and omissions. So just threatening. <laughs> right. And we just talked, we were just talking about sort of exporting these ideas. And yes. obviously like a big fear at that time among many, you know, I guess democratic, but then also just sort of capitalist countries where it was the fear of sort of the communist the red scare the fear yes. of communism right and you entering. had the mccarthy trials going on in right. the states, on the states. Mm-hmm. at the same yes. time right you've got the uh, you know Q, uh, so it was just del castro, castro well you know we're yeah, yeah. giving the power you've back got the to soviet the union right yeah so it's like no 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 we can't have that we can't have right. no labor force right. and, and and you know have have rights and have access we have to keep the small amount of people at the mm-hmm. top so, what did, so, so it was we an effective political tool to to yes. to label your enemy yes. or these or anybody who's causing so any exactly. kind of exactly. We're not being change. racist here. We're just against communists, right? Exactly. So what <laughs> if we called it this disguised <laughs> racism? What if Disguise, instead of the scarlet yeah. label, we call it the scarlet C Ooh. for communism? Remember, wow. like scarlet letter A, adulterer, and it's, and it's also red. The red scare, Clay. Right. Did you even think about that? I like that. <laughs> Yeah. The Scarlet Sea. I love Scarlet that. Um, and, and so, you know, South, uh, they, they, they put in these laws and, and they defined communism like in such a broad way that it allowed them to then arrest people like Nelson Mandela, who were, you know, just trying to instill some logic <laughs> Some right. because for, for, from the beginning, Mandela was not the he was not of the political parties who were like uh we have to get the uh the white minority out of the country or we have to get take away their laws he was all he was saying is hey guys let's just be equal exactly yeah, and you peaceful. can hang out too he was like <laughs> we're not kicking you, you out <laughs> we should have them the mixed people should have them right. the people should have them how about that how about, <laughs> you know i have some candy you get some candy we all get candy mm-hmm. <laughs> 
You know, like he was not a he was not being radical in that sense. He was being yeah, very. From, from what tempered. I remember, yeah, for the speech, like during the trial, he he had like a three hour speech, right? Mm-hmm. And he was like, "I'm not for the, um, you know, domination of of whiteness or, or blackness. I am for." equality right <laughs> and yes. and i may have to die for that right you know but it wasn't about like hey you all you know you all need to leave it was just like hey the the same rights that you all have afforded yourselves we also should get that yep but despite yep. all that he was really i mean as public as those speeches were he was still like really vilified as like this kind of vigilante like in hiding we have to find this international culprit who's going to bring down yes democracy right right yes this communist right you yes. have to bring down this communist who's right. gonna who's right. gonna ruin our perfect country mm-hmm. you know everything we've worked so hard, hard for. for yeah by, by, by stealing people, yes carry around passes saying what race they yeah. are who they can marry and date and sleep yes. with and work and live and yeah, what a so gross perfect. way to trick people the general population into like you're going to lose i mean it's happening always forever right, exactly. it's happening right now but it's just like isn't it amazing how effective that is still and people still fall for that like they're going to come for you and you're going to lose your little house like we're going to take they're going to take everything away meanwhile you're voting for laws and people who are passing laws that directly contradict and and disadvantage you <laughs> yes Fear-mongering, the way to go if you want mm-hmm. to rise oh. the political ranks. <laughs> yeah, if you want right? power, if you, want you gotta power. embrace fear. Yes, Jeez. yes. Gross. It's so ter- It's it's so gross. Um, yeah. yeah. So you're gonna put that up there. Yeah. Something. I was thinking about something. Oh, the um, the way that they that uh, so during the trial, they pretty much because of these communist anti-communism laws were in place and how broad they were the 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 the, those that were on trial particularly during the uh rivonia trial which is the one where mandela ended up going to prison for the longest time Mm -hmm. i mean he was in and out of prison for almost 40 years pretty Mm. much yeah but for the for the the one where he ended up the 27 years um they knew that they there was no way they were going to win this trial. This was uh, the defendants. You're talking about the, Mandela and his other, the other defendants. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh, they pretty much gave that up, like trying to defend themselves. Right. And they used the time because it was being broadcast. Um, they used that time in order to give these speeches, and that's how we got, you know, one of the most iconic. 21st century speeches, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, 20th century speeches. Yeah, it was, it was like basically an opportunity to lay out their case for like, this is what the ANC wants. And this is really mm-hmm. how this would make a more uh, beautiful and humane South Africa for the for right. all of its inhabitants. But but yeah, the, it was like, we're not gonna, these, these charges are, you know, they're trumped up charges. Mm-hmm. The law is against us. So let's use it as an opportunity to get our message right. out to a mm-hmm. wider yeah, that's really interesting. And so maybe there's a, uh, and obviously we don't want to get to blame Mandela, obviously, for his own imprisonment, but there is a sense that a different person, perhaps a lesser person, would have, 
tried to fight the trial on its merits, right? And tried to get the lowest sentence and tried to get their freedom. But in a sense, he basically fell into the sword and he sort of sacrificed himself and his sort of freedom to make a bigger statement about South Africa and about racism and the, being the political prisoner too, right? Like right. it really comes down to integrity. I think Chris, like what you're kind of speaking to yeah. is like, he's not going to like agree to some phony charges that they could, then the officials can say, see, he, he admitted to guilt. Right. right. He's exactly. like, no, I'm not going to even play. I'm not a free man. I'm not going to negotiate that with you. I'm going to just right. like continue to tell the story here. Right. And that, that was, that was part of his story of his imprisonment too, was, all of the controversy and attention it brought to South Africa and to the apartheid and to the anti-apartheid movement, he they would offer him all these deals to yep. get him out of prison so that it would sort of take the, sort of bring the temperature down and he never accepted it to mm -hmm. your point. Yeah. Like, so, we'll free you if you reject violence. We'll free you if you say right. we we're good. He's like, right. no. No. He's like, no, bro. What, don't you, what are you not understanding? You, not understanding? <laughs> you see where I am? I'm in prison. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, do we want to put, do we want to lay that as like, I, I don't know how to put this in. It's almost like giving a big clap to his integrity, right? Yeah, oh, yeah sure. His, his integrity, really, right? But it sort of contributed to the imprisonment. He you know was what also I mean? a genius in right. how he worked the system. Right. He, he yeah. was very calculated and very, what's the word? Decisive. He was mm -hmm. precise mm -hmm. in, 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 in his path like he was like right. I'm, I'm i'm sticking to this path I'm, i and and that was one of the things that they say about him is that he never wavered mm -hmm. right and right. he yeah. was and i mean being in prison is already awful but he was in like you know this small cell yeah right right like sleeping on a straw mat like where your mind mm -hmm. you will go insane yeah. And, and where the thoughts of like, how can I just mm -hmm. get out of this box? Like, and to yeah. still be like, you know what? No, there is a greater mission that this, right. this system must be dismantled. Yeah. There's it's almost like a be. spirituality to it. Like the determination for him to persevere through all of that. Cause you're right, Jamila. Like it's so jail is not rehabilitative. No, no. Traditionally. And the not, alarmist and, jail and, is. And, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> You're the alarmist. We are. But this one particularly that he was in, it's one of the worst conditions in, in the entire world. He right. was he was forced to work outside. Um, he had he, he was forced to wear shorts. He wasn't allowed to wear pants in the dead of winter. He yeah. had to uh, uh, work with with sandals on. He lost his eyesight. It's not a, yeah. Like, yeah. They wouldn't allow sunglasses. Yeah. It's a permanent damage to his eyesight. Like mm -hmm. I mean, 18 years of it, that'll that'll do it. So it's almost like his, a big clap to his, the, the strength of his of his mind and spirit. <laughs> yeah, when you put it that way. And and like... even just like, you know, he while he was in prison by himself, he was also receiving support from, you know the community from organizers and also becoming like this international political prisoner. Yeah. So while like it helped, that helped him, right. Uh -huh. getting, getting the support. And I know, I think he wasn't maybe able to have visitors or like it was a point where he couldn't receive letters or, you know, all that stuff was being, you know, checked, but he had to have that support. The work that was happening outside the cells 
mm-hmm. was helping him stay uh-huh. firm. Yes. So a cause. It's almost like as humans, as long as we have a cause or something that we're fighting towards, we are able to um, to to survive. Yeah. Keep going. Hmm. Wow. It's a a powerful lesson. (laughs) Now, (laughs) we're unfortunately we're 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 way over time already. It's all good. But. But I, we have to put the CIA up on the board as oh, well. Yeah. This is a big part. Yes, tell he us bastards. why. What? The CIA? <laughs> <laughs> this is from uh, Time. On Sunday afternoon, August 5th, 1962, Nelson Mandela was in a late model Austin Westminster coupe making its way from uh, Durban to Johannesburg. It was about a seven hour drive. Even though Mandela was posing as a chauffeur in a long duster coat, he was sitting in the passenger seat. The driver was Cecil Williams, a white communist theater director and underground member of the African National Congress. Mandela, a fugitive from the apartheid regime and the leader of ANC's newly formed military wing was South Africa's most wanted man. Several days before, Mandela had returned from a two-month trip across Africa where he had been raising money for the ANC's military campaign and receiving military training himself. Just before he left to return to South Africa, he had been given a Soviet-made Makarov pistol in Ethiopia. He had that gun with him in the car. The driver signaled Williams to stop. Mandela knew instantly what was happening. He was caught. According to Mandela, the officer said, ah, you are Nelson Mandela and this is Cecil Williams and I am arresting you. The officer, who had never seen either of them before, knew exactly who they were. That small detail and a host of others that have emerged over time have fueled decades of suspicion that the South African police had been tipped off by about Mandela's whereabouts and that he that the likeliest source of that information was the U.S. Central Intelligence Agency. August 1962 was the height of the Cold War. Mandela's capture occurred only a few weeks before the Cuban Missile Crisis, and the American intelligence community believed that Mandela and the ANC were secret allies of the Soviets. This was, again, goes back to the fear of communism because of the Cold War was going Mm -hmm. on, and you had the Cuban Missile Crisis, and so you got to think the timing is just perfect that CIA had something to do with this. Right, and and for the record, the only reason that Mandela even, um, like, he he was not a communist. (laughs) He didn't totally agree with um, the communist thoughts, right, And, and, and their their uh manifesto or whatever um he just was like this is a uh these are uh, is a political group that believes in equality and Mm -hmm. so i i guess i'm communist (laughs) he was like i got no issue with them they got no issue with me yeah they're they're helping me they're helping yeah they mm-hmm. allow, you know, better than my government. I, I mean, think my that, government right now gives me zero rights. I can't even move around without a passport. So, right. I mean, you know, that's that's the context in which he was under. You yes, know. I think yeah, he didn't like agree with their atheist uh, views. Right. Um, because he, he had been um, uh, raised Christian. Um, he had gone to a Methodist school and um, he he was Christian. Um, but that said, he was like, I'm. These people want to help. Right. Right. Yeah. The political and social aspects of, of just like a classless society where, mm-hmm. you know, the people have rights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we should probably um, get to this board. Yeah. Do you want to yeah. blame while we're at it? Uh, if we're going to blame the CIA 
American foreign foreign policy or just CIA kind of encapsulates that? I think so. Because we're going to end up folding it into the CIA probably. Mm, okay. All right. Well, let's take a quick break and then we'll start knocking things off the board. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Okay, who's to blame for the imprisonment of Nelson Mandela? Is it J.B.M. Herzog of the National Party? British imperialism, British and Dutch colonizers, slavery, colonialism, racism, white supremacy, D.F. Malin, the South African prime minister, Henrik Verward, mm-hmm. uh, capitalism, exporting slash importing hate, the Scarlet Sea of communism, fear-mongering, Mandela's integrity, mind, and spirit, or the CIA? I mean, big board. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's funny to list all those things and then hear Mandela's integrity, mind, yeah, and spirit. Yeah, yeah. Right off the bat, we can yes. give that the big clap, <laughs> yes. right? Yes. <laughs> That's not being blamed. Um, and we can start putting things into each other. British imperialism can fall into the British and Dutch colonizers. Okay. Um, okay. So just to clarify, we've got Herzog, who started the National Party. Right. But then we have Malin, who was the first prime minister who implemented apartheid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And then, then Verward, uh, who continued and made it even worse. Yeah, and that's what we're talking when we're talking about codification of a par- of the racist apartheid laws, right? Because they already kind of existed before, but then now they're sort of like black and white. They're mm-hmm. like part of the laws. 
So I think the three apartheid guys, maybe could we could put those guys together in the same bucket. Perhaps. Yes. Who do mm. they? What do they fall under? Do we want to put them under the National Party leaders? Yeah, the National Party. I mean that 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 was the party that was in yeah. power when all of those laws um, were enacted. So maybe yeah, maybe that's what it is. The National Party. Okay. Uh, okay. So then what are we doing here? Because we got slavery, we've got colonialism, we've got racism, mm, right. white supremacy. I do feel like white supremacy sticks out. Do you feel like that is with racism, white supremacy and slavery is all under the fear mongering? Oh, like yeah. What, mm. Like that's the outcome. Hmm. Yes. Interesting. In, in fear. Right. That's the tool. The tool. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Well, so, well, do we, yeah. Do we blame the tool or do we blame the concept? Well, in the case of what we're talking about, which is specifically the imprisonment of Mandela, mm -hmm. it does feel like fear mongering does a lot for us here because, oh, yeah. you know, his, his agenda was, extremely threatening yes to the right. the government um and that's really why you know they created these laws and and you know and went out went about uh carrying out these laws yeah so i kind of like fear mongering uh to jamila's point okay. okay yeah okay we're making decisions here this is good <laughs> <laughs> um we've got capitalism colonialism i know i feel like one of those can fold into the other mm -hmm. See, and, the, and the dutch colonizers as well yeah right? do we get specific about who these colonizers were maybe or do we just go macro and uh blame more of the the idea of colonizing i think yeah colonialism because if, if it wasn't the british the dutch it would have been the french mm, or Belgium. good point or, yeah no. <laughs> yeah okay i like that Exporting, importing hate. That is. You can maybe fold that with the CIA, or because mm. I feel like very, very American or USN. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. Definitely. I, I also feel like you could fold that under uh, the fear mongering title mm -hmm. too, right? right? Uh huh. Ooh, I love the scarlet letter C. Okay, just so our listeners know, this is what we've got left. We've got the National Party. We've got colonialism. We've got the scarlet letter C for communism, fear mongering, and the CIA. Now, th this is where we're going to have to get specific because it's the imprisonment right. of Nelson Mandela. Right. Like, to me, I don't think you... Um blame someone like the CIA, but I feel like they could be a really good candidate for the big slap for tipping them off, you know, potentially tipping off the authorities like, oh, he's here and yeah. he's got a gun. And we can roll the Scarlet Sea into the CIA because um, I think it was part of their impetus for wanting to uh, have Nelson Mandela imprisoned was, uh -huh. the, the, was the fear of communism, but it was specifically the actions of the CIA. And so it's the CIA's kind of like perception. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Okay. Okay. I think. And here's what I think. I think under 
just getting specific here, we take colonialism off because okay. I think it falls more on the 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 shoulders of the national party, national party. and their fear fear mongering, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to figure out a way of mixing the two and just say the you know the national party's fear mongering yeah <laughs> their agenda yeah. i mean their agenda yeah. yeah the national party's agenda yeah Parties. fear mongering agenda yeah. we'll make it nice and long yes. it'll roll off the tongue m-e-f-m-a-f-f-a so then who gets the uh the big slap do you think Oh, um, or were you I thinking, think the was CIA. that the big slap? Oh, yeah, the CIA. I think the I CIA see. gets the big slap, right? Okay, right, right, right. What do we think? And the National Party is going to jail. I think that sounds... Or, or the scar, you know, communism, the, the scarlet letter communism gets the big slap. Yes. And then the CIA folds into the scarlet letter communism. Yeah, sure, mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. I guess you could say that because... Um, Communism, it wasn't just the CIA that was, seems like the communism is like the root of it, right? And then everyone's using that to do their dirty deeds. They're bidding. Mm -hmm. I think that the, to me, the CIA meddling in another country's business. Oh, okay. As a way of sort of their own fear mongering about, mm -hmm. about, Gets the spread of C. communism yeah, it, yeah. deserves a, a slap more so than this sort of, I think, useful, but also a bit vague in this context term of the Scarlet Sea. Okay. <laughs> right. Because in, in, in normal times, you would have like the U.S. government condemning what's going on, not tipping them off to to jail a you political... You hope so. Yeah. I mean... Although the CIA has a bad track record. It's of, true. That's yeah. the thing. They are sometimes. They're very, they, they like to get involved. Okay. So we got to make a decision here. I think we slap the CIA then. What do you think, Jamila? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you want to slap or what do you want to yeah, slap? Yeah. What, where are you, what are you leaning towards? Well, I, I don't want to bring up, the, I keep going back and forth between the CIA and actually like colonialism. Okay. Um, just like even that mission of going, <laughs> going there, going yeah. to, yes. going to That's the fair enough. Yes. It, if but, it makes you feel better, colonialism is in the alarmist jail like four times already. I've been there. No, I figured I've been there. So, but, but you we, know what? It keeps getting out, and yeah. that's the problem. It keeps getting out. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, so we would be slapping colonialism, and we're we're sending the the national party's fear mo uh, mongering agenda to, to the alarmist jail. Okay, yeah. okay, I I like that. I I think we can do. How that. do you, yeah? I mean. I, yeah, I'm a guest. No, no, you all, no. You all have been sending. <laughs> you have been slapping and sending folks to jail. <laughs> yes, we for have for many, 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 many seasons. So many colonialism episodes, yeah. does not understand. It doesn't understand. <laughs> yeah, it's not getting the message. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna call it Mandela's integrity, mind, and spirit. You're getting the big clap. Colonialism. 
Watch out. Here comes a big slap. Actually, don't watch out. I'm not going to even give you the warning. (laughs) The National Party's fear-mongering agenda. You're going to the alarmist jail. There you have it. We did it. We did it. We solved it. (laughs) Yes. We solved it. And my uh, childhood self is very happy. Yes, you now we go. can all have a spray. Yes. Right. Drink that Coca-Cola. <laughs> <laughs> but only take a few sips because only, trust yet. me, we've got more work to do. Yeah. <laughs> Jamila, thank you so much for joining us today and helping us get to the bottom of the imprisonment of Nelson Mandela. Thank you all so much for having me. And this was enlightening. In the aftermath, following his televised release that was watched by millions across the globe, Mandela was chosen as a deputy president for the newly re-emerged ANC. He led negotiations with President de Klerk to end apartheid in 1991 in an effort to lead a peaceful transition to democracy in South Africa. De Klerk successfully repealed apartheid and the ban on the ANC in 1991. Mandela remained a major political figure for human rights and is credited with preventing a civil war in his country. Mandela retired from politics in 1999. He died at the age of 95 on December 5, 2013. The Alarmist is now on Patreon. Subscribe and get ad-free content along with bonus episodes. Go to patreon.com slash thealarmist or check out the link in our show description. Visit our website, www.thealarmistpodcast.com and follow us on Instagram at The Alarmist Podcast and on Twitter at Alarmist The. You can also send us your thoughts via email to thealarmistpodcast at gmail.com. Today's episode was produced and engineered by Clayton Early with editing by Molly Hockey and fact-checking by Chris Smith. Thank you to our associate producer and researcher, Crystal D- Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. 
Ginsberg. The Alarmist is executive produced by Rebecca Delgado-Smith. Tune in next week. We'll be discussing the death of Jane Mansfield. The Alarmist. Powered by ACAST.